You're embarrassed? Really? Everyone, little dog, big dog. Come on, and pants, pants, push. Medium dog, <laughs> big dog, <laughs> engage your core, blow it out, push, 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 engage your core, push, 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 more, more, and sing. Trying to hold back this feeling for so long. Now we're talking. And if you feel like I feel that. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 78 of Vague Zone. I am Daniel. I'm Thomas. And today we are discussing Belfast from Kenneth Branagh and Coda from Sean Hader. We are continuing our journey through the Oscar Best Pictures winners. This is our final episode. We are wrapping it up before the awards. Um, I don't have thoughts on who's going to win just yet. <laughs> maybe you do, Thomas. Maybe Ooh, we'll, maybe we'll yeah, maybe we'll discuss that once we're done with this uh, coverage of these two uh, movies here. But yeah. Yeah, so we're going to start off with Belfast. Uh, Thomas, would you like to read the IMDb synopsis? Absolutely. Belfast, 2021, directed by Kenneth Branagh. A young boy and his working-class Belfast family experience the tumultuous late 1960s. Short and sweet. So, what did you think about Belfast, Daniel? Um, I was kind of on board with Belfast. I'm... I, I looked up reviews today, and it seems to be... I, I mean, obviously, it's nominated for Best Picture, so it's done well critically. Um, I think the Rotten Tomatoes... Let me let me look this up on Rotten Tomatoes real quick. Because uh, I think it was doing well with the audience there, too. Yeah, it has a 92% audience score. However, I was looking at Letterboxd. People are kind of shitting all over it on Letterboxd. Oh, really? Okay. Was, yeah, I was kind of surprised. Um, I I was a total sucker for the cinematography of this movie. It felt yeah. like every shot is conveying something. It doesn't feel like arbitrary compositions. I was a little confused why we need sort of like a almost a POV shot from a record player, but whatever, I'll go with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think we get one too many shots of a burning trash can in the foreground with the family in the background. <laughs> like, we get it. <laughs> um, but... I don't know. I, I, I think just, I, I don't know much about the troubles. So like watching this movie where you're viewing this turmoil, this conflict from the perception of a boy who also isn't getting all of the details also doesn't have a thorough understanding of it. It kind of works for me. Yeah. Um, in the movie, it feels like it mostly keeps things light. There's always this threat of violence and this threat of uh you know danger but the family is largely unscathed and it's mostly just about the family dynamics and it, it, it's just like a it's a nostalgia movie that takes place during a time of political conflict yeah so it's like it's licorice pizza during a time of political <laughs> conflict i wouldn't say it's as good as licorice pizza because i really love that one but um but i think it's an interesting approach and i think some people are upset that it doesn't uh 
do a good job of tackling the politics of the troubles but that's not really what it's about and yeah. i think that's a different movie so what did yeah. you think of belfast yeah i'm not like super on board with it but i'm totally fine for what it is it's not like i wanted an in-depth you know, Dunkirk-style uh, recreation of this political conflict. It's really cool yeah. seeing it from, like, the smallest possible POV, like this kid who's just kind of just like, oh, like, wait, like, oh, the last name Thomas, that means that they're uh, ca- they're Catholic. It's like, wait, like, I have a friend who's Protestant up the street whose last name is Thomas. None of your logic doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. how, like who am I supposed to hate? Like, I love, like, he's just, like, trying to, like, just make sense of it and just can't. And I, I really appreciate that. And while watching this, you could easily look at this movie and take off the movie, sorry, take off the name Belfast and place this in some place like Ukraine, like right now and be like, Hey, this is a conflict that is very real and very, very like current as far as like uh, countries in conflict. And like, you know, there's going to be small children in, in experiencing these things and not really knowing how to deal with it. And, you know, this is a fucking adults ruining the world with war. And we're just like, you know, just bombarding these children with, you know, our trauma. And so I think experiencing that from this point of view is really beautiful. A lot of the shots are like, so like fantastically composed. Like there's one where it's after the first like riot starts up and buddy like climbs up to the little bit of wreckage and he's just like in the center of it. And the way that's the entire, um, street is very symmetrical and so we just see like everything in a very just clear space and it's just it's really gorgeous but as far as like getting really into it and like connecting to these characters it just didn't really work for me like the van morrison music just felt way too cheesy and trying way too hard to kind of make this like a really i don't know like a flowery and light kind of experience and it just wasn't really working for me and even when he's like moving desk in school that didn't that didn't pull your heartstrings <laughs> uh, not so much i don't know I, I i think i was just i i wanted to really connect to these characters and there's they're really good performances here like judy dench is fantastic and uh uh karen hines is also really great as pop like i think those performances are really fantastic every time they have a conversation with buddy it's just like you see the real heart of this movie come out and i don't know like yeah, every time, like, they're just, like, giving him advice on, like, how to talk, how to, like, find more about the girl that he likes. It's just, like, these little really innocent moments stand out way more than, like, figuring out how the dad's, like, you know, he's trying to figure out, like, how to move, and it's just, like, okay, politically, it's, like, he's gonna, is he going to upset his neighbors, like, this, specifically this one villain character who's, like, really, like, agro-Protestant, and, like, mm-hmm. saying, he's like, oh, you're not a real Protestant, so there's clearly, like, a lot of socio-political things going on with the family and how they connect to this conflict but it's more about like how buddy is perceiving all of this and i don't know i i think just the music just kind of turned me off and uh, having it being in black and white didn't make sense to me like i feel like this i I didn't really know how to like much about like what belfast like felt like looked like looked or felt like it feels like this is trying to do the art film thing really hard to me it felt like the black and white was there to accentuate when color is used which is when they're watching other movies and seeing plays and stuff so it's like what is added what is providing color in an otherwise bleak and colorless time Um, yeah absolutely it's like these escapes uh, yeah, but I don't know, just like, just the soundtrack just didn't really work for me, and just, I don't know, I just, like, and also I think there's a moment where I sort of checked out, there's a, a scene where the mom is talking to the son, and she's like, 
we like can't move anywhere. It's like we sound different. I'm like, honey, it's 1969. Like you're like you guys <laughs> yeah, are Irish. Like, like 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 I like I don't think they're gonna be worried about your accent if you move to like Sydney, Australia. If you move to America, like I think they're gonna be more worried about the Johnsons and the Robinsons. You know what I mean? Like there yeah. like there's like a, there's a bigger shit kind of happening. I'm not starting to say that the Troubles is not like a conflict worth visiting and worth you know examining. Like I said, like you can look at a conflict like this and compare it to the modern shit we're going through right now and this is it's it's absolutely real and it's really great to see stories like this from this small perspective but just like the presentation just didn't work for me yeah i don't know i mean i yeah i it's hard for me to be super critical of this movie because i watched it a day after coda and we're gonna get into how i feel about coda for sure Um, i think i think the needle drops in this movie it's particularly the one where he's moving up in school. It's to me, it, it kind of under underlines that this is a nostalgia movie. It's coming from a very personal place. And, and I feel like I feel that, like I feel the respect that Kenneth Branagh has for his own mother with the way he portrays the mother in this movie. And like, we have that yeah. um, dialogue where the father is telling her, like you raised them. Um, you did a yeah. great job. And, and I love the shot in that, like, you have the buddy, like, asleep next to his brother in the foreground, and then yeah. it zooms in, and then, like, having the con- like, just a lot and of the compositions a, yeah. are fucking This movie great. plays with depth so much in the cinematography in a way that mm. I haven't, maybe it's the black and white is, like, doing something to make me uh, focus on that a little bit more, but I feel like I this movie's playing with depth in a way that I don't see in a lot of other movies. Um but yeah, I, I feel like this is a movie-ass movie because of the cinematography. <laughs> and I think the cinematography elevates it a lot for me because it's the moving image and its composition saying something, adding to the story. It's not just character interactions. It's not just, uh, you know, plot. Um, I True. feel like there's a lot more going on here. No, yeah, um, I, I, I agree. There is, it is good. I just think maybe uh, it's the conflict itself that just wasn't really resonating with me yeah. because we like you say we don't really get much of it we just get much like we get enough to really know the bare bones basics as like you know this seven or eight year old is going to like be yeah. able to understand it yeah the and drama think... is pretty grounded despite the circumstances yeah yeah, yeah. all right I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think fair that, yeah. fair I, like, I didn't like the girl she like the girls kind of like dragging around she's like no like we're gonna be in the we're game like, yeah he's just like not into it and i was like stop like he's he's a good boy he's <laughs> a, a good kid Matt but then City. it's like, like he's I don't not know. ready for this <laughs> I like that too because it is like a kid getting swept up in this in his own environment <laughs> like yeah. he's just a kid in an environment and that environment is tumultuous um so he's gonna partake yeah what do you think about the performances of uh karen hines and judy dench um yeah i i, I mean i didn't really think they were that notable honestly like okay. i think judy dench I think she does a fine job. Same with Karen Hines. Um, but I, I feel like... I think Jude Hill, the little boy, he's the he's the star of the show, obviously. Yeah. And then I think the actress who played the mother, I think she was doing a really great job. But they're also given... I feel like they're given way more screen time. Um, you know. Granny and Pop do, do what they need to do. They give solid performances but it wasn't yeah. anything that like, I... I would have been totally not interested but the fact that we have like that warmth I, I think i've mentioned this like when we talked about parasite a little bit too no not parasite um 
we talked about Minari from last year. Um, like, I just really appreciate, like, it's similar sort of setup where the parents are dealing with, like, the hard shit, and it's like the grandparents are allowed to be more warm and loose and kind of, like, oh, yeah, we'll talk about girls and we'll talk about, yeah. like, the growing up, but it's like the parents are dealing with, like, the hard political shit. And so yeah. that's why it's hard it's, for me, it was really hard for me to connect to the the dad because the dad is so like he's kind he's of gone a lot of but then he, yeah. but he says hey let's like watch a movie and i think the uh, buddy calls it titty titty bang bang and not shitty shitty bang bang which i thought was funny um but um I, yeah just, i appreciate their presence in the movie because it's like yeah like just like the, I, i'm really into just the shot of just both of them on the couch he's in the center and it's just like there's nothing on the walls really it's just like a really bare bones looking place but yeah they're just having like this really lively joyous conversation on there and i i like absolutely love that they're in this movie and i think judy dench really got me at the end when she's like the one who stays and she's like you yeah. guys are the ones who go and like that close-up of her is like I, that, I thought that was really powerful yeah that was interesting yeah it is interesting that like i feel like they are meant to contrast the parents it's like how how are these different couples navigating uh this situation and especially in relation to you know this young boy uh, what sort of context are they providing him? What sort of, I don't know, familial nutrition are yeah. they providing him? Yeah, uh, Judy Dench has my favorite line in the movie, and is like they're like trying to convince the well, not they're not convincing Pop to go to the hospital, but she's like, you're gonna go to the hospital. Like, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna walk down there with you, and I'm gonna be in the office, and then when you get out of the office, I'm gonna walk with you back home, and I'm not gonna hear anything about it. And he's, he just stands there and he's just like. Like okay, <laughs> just like like yes, like that is the, the the grandmother laying down the law, and it's just yeah. her her delivery of it is just it's so sweet and it's so genuine that it, it's really great. Um, I think that's all I have on Belfast. Pretty brief, but yeah. Shall we move on, Akota? No, I, I, wait before, but we've talked all about right. like music before in movies. I was just saying like you were into like the Van Morrison stuff because for me I was just like I just, just yeah. For it. me, it's like it like. It, like I said, it underlined that this is a nostalgia movie for me. And so, like, when we get, it, it particularly hit me when we have the scene of him moving up desk. Because it's like, which I think the idea of, you know, the girl that he has a crush on is the smart one in the class. She's literally the head of the class. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that he's got to work his way up. I think that's a great um, little device. Um, yeah, yeah. And the van morrison song when the van morrison song plays and he's filled with pride he's finally gonna move up and then it turns out she's sitting behind him it <laughs> felt like a good setup for a punchline um, for sure for sure because it's like we've seen that we've seen these moments before we've seen the the nostalgic music play as like our characters having this like great moment and then i don't know undercutting it it, it worked for me <laughs> I, see, I, see, I see what you're saying yeah i do see what you're saying um yeah it's not as totally uh, cheerful about it. There's a, a little bit of cynicism underlining it. And I know that I've seen the criticism that, well, some of these songs were written way later than this movie, <laughs> movie takes place. <laughs> and it's like, all right, I think that's, you know, that's a, good, a valid thing to throw at this. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I was thinking about music a lot because I watched Coda before this. You watched Coda before this as well? I watched it, yeah, the day before, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, we're, that's another music-heavy, well, music is a mm -hmm. very big theme in that movie, but here I just, yeah. I was just thinking about it a lot while watching it. Alright, let's, let's dive into Coda. Alright. <laughs> so, yeah. Will you read the IMDb synopsis? As a Coda, child of deaf adults, Ruby is one of 
is the only hearing person in her deaf family. When the family's fishing business is threatened, Ruby finds herself torn between pursuing her love of music by wanting to go to Berklee College of Music and her fear of abandoning her parents. So, uh, Daniel. Oh, I started, I, I went first last time. How about you go first on this one? Sure, sure. <laughs> So yeah, um, code directed by Sean Hader. Honestly, I like I like this one. It is very predictable, predictable. Very uh, you could say paint by numbers in some way. We have a very uh, simple coming of age story. Uh, quiet girl, like you know, shy girl coming out like, through music. You know, coming out of her shell through music and everything, learning who what she wants to be. Except we have this setting set ple- uh, the set piece of her family being a deaf family, and you know, sort of that contrast between that community versus the one that she wants to sort of build and discover in the open world. And I don't know, I, I think this movie is really sweet. Like, um, I, I, I found myself falling, you know, falling for these characters and really being into this family because I thought the performances were really charming, especially the dad. Like, just when the dad rolls up to the uh, college listening to rap music, I was like, I, I think I'm just going to love this movie just because, just because of just, just, just because of that character. He's so much fun. Just a weed-smoking dad. He just, like, just loves the base of the rap music because that's how he can communicate with it. And, yeah, I think this, mu- this movie has a lot of charm. Um, but, yeah, I can see why people would not like this movie because, yeah, it is very predictable in some ways and yeah um i i think i need to hear your opinion on it because yeah <laughs> okay basically the basics I, I will say that all of the comedic moments in this movie totally worked for me okay. uh however i really did not like this movie um it just i thought the cinematography was super flat yeah, um, yeah. i thought like so, so much of the drama just didn't work for me. Like she gets nervous on her first day of choir class and she runs out of the classroom. And I was like, come on, really? Like yeah. it felt like if it felt like a made for TV movie. And I'm sure there are great made for TV movies out there. So I don't want to knock them, but yeah. it just felt like very typical. I don't know. After school special drama. It, it just, yeah, it really didn't work for me at all. <laughs> Honestly, um, I, I think that's totally fair. Um, like the also, bowling, there's like a whole bowling plot line that yeah, like yeah. doesn't work for me. Um, yeah, we don't get really much from the bullies. They're just honestly, obnoxious. And there mean, was a point where I had to Google Coda to make sure that I was watching the right movie because I was like, is this really an Academy Award nominee for Best Picture? Like, did I, did I get the wrong movie? Um, See, no, I, I feel like it has its place, because honestly, I was thinking a lot. I was zoomed out quite a bit when I was first starting this movie, because I was like, okay, last year we had a nominee, we had um, Sound of Metal, and honestly, I was... Which is I was, fucking <laughs> ph- great, dude. Yes, phenomenal, <laughs> and like, there's in both like, movies about deaf characters who are also musicians, but like, de- Sound of Metal is like, oh, they're fucking playing thrash metal and shit, so it's fucking like, we're more into that, as opposed to like, when I, once like they go to choir class, I'm like, okay, Daniel's not going to like this movie <laughs> yeah. at all, because of what choir classes do and the shit that they're going to be singing. And so I, I know you weren't going to be super into that, but when they're doing um, You're All I Need, I was fucking really into that because I love that song. And I was like, okay, like I'm so happy they picked a song that I liked because if this was like a Beatles song or something else that I didn't quite resonate with, I would have been so bored every time they sing it. But um, I, I really love the song, so it helps me really connect with the movie a little bit more. I, I always thinking... think of I always think of the Red Man. All I need <laughs> yeah. first. Oh, yeah. like, Wait a minute, the, that's the, not right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the the Method Man shit. This <laughs> is the great. It's the, oh, was it Method? Yeah, it was Method. Yeah, Mary yeah, Jane one, Friday, one yeah. of the greatest hip hop songs ever. But um, 
while I was watching this, I was having a really cynical thought because I was like, I think there might be like a deaf executive producer in Hollywood now that is really championing for these movies to come out because I feel like this is like the family friendly, uh, even I would even go to say like this feels like the Disney Plus version of like what Sound of Metal would be where it's like, okay, instead of it being a broken relationship and like yeah. our character going to like uh like the co-op or whatever it's like yeah. we have a family a family like, fishermen and like, of metal's like, about addiction like yeah yeah and this is like about like using music as like the way to uplift this one character but also having it be a way for her to connect to her deaf family and just like sort of make everything nice and peachy and, and so i see why this is a movie that would get nominated because sound of metal is a little bit more of a, an abrasive so good <laughs> no, like, no absolutely yeah absolutely like absolutely the way like the lighting everything about that yeah. is fantastic i, I completely know like, what you're saying yeah when yeah, you say yeah. abrasive yeah yeah we're here but. it's like okay like we can see like how that might not appeal to someone but coda is much more family friendly it's family channel more, yeah it's a much more like watered down version but like i i didn't quite have a problem with it because i was like you know what like if this was a movie that like came on tbs and i was like at home with my folks like i would probably end up watching this with some people because it's one of those movies that i feel like it's a good like group family kind of movie which i'm starting to appreciate more as i become an older cynical <laughs> asshole <laughs> like as i was watching this i was like you know what like i'm totally fine with this like when the dad says go at the end i was like okay yeah. you guys you guys you're like you're not tugging at the the heartstrings you're like yanking at them like, it's just yeah, like a, a i got cathedral. a lot of people from what yeah. i've read <laughs> yeah and i like i i was into it when she starts signing as she's singing like and yeah. I, I was just like okay like i like, i'm really it's into a very it. sweet movie <laughs> Absolutely, but yeah, when I was watching, I was like, "This movie's really bright. It's not shot in an interesting way. Like it's, and sometimes it's kind of ugly. Like when they're in the bar, like I thought that scene just looked awful." Yeah, it's flat. It just yeah. feels like, I don't know. And it was funny going from Coda to watching Belfast and being like, "Ah, they're so different." <laughs> and yeah, like yeah. I feel like the needle drops worked better in Belfast too. I know you didn't like the needle drops, but it's like. Coda has a I fought the law and the law one montage where I was just like, come on. Like, <laughs> I was not vibing with so much of what Coda was doing. I feel it. I, I totally feel it. Um, but yeah, I, I was also thinking a lot. It's like, yeah, these movies have just been so diverse and so many different tones of movies. Mm -hmm. And these two specifically, yeah, where we have. It's weird uh, that we ended with these two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was honestly, I was happy kind of ending with Coda, like at least having a movie that. Uh, and sort of bear with me on this because it's going to be a really <laughs> I'm making a leap here with this comparison but this movie sort of reminds me of like Little Miss Sunshine in a way where it's like it's not as like edgy as that movie but it's like a comedy drama that's it's it has a very wide appeal this is something where like you know literally you could put this on like you know on like on a thanksgiving night and it's going to make everybody happy type of thing where it's like i see why these movies make their like rise up to the cream of the top of like best picture conversations just because in dark times people so, like certainly eat shit like this up like yeah. you know they really need something like apple but, tv is on the positive tip they got ted lasso they got coda it's, like, it's just like it's a, it's a really feel-good streaming when platform. family movies like paddington exist this is hey. indefensible all right hey, I, I feel you like yeah, that shit should have been nominated no absolutely 100 percent. yeah <laughs> uh, yeah it's like honestly like it reminded me uh, yeah of like a family channel movie or something like like the drama is like airbud level 
dynamics. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the music teacher, I hated the music teacher. Like, she's stressing out about, like, oh, I'm not going to show up on time. Why don't you fucking text him before you do the interview? <laughs> text him before you do the interview. You have a phone. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I don't know. I was like, is this going to be about a, a girl learning to be responsible? Um, yeah. And then, like, her getting into Berkeley at the end, it's like wrapping everything in a nice little bow and yeah you gotta have that happy hallmark ending you gotta have it all it's all smiles baby all smile no i i feel you i totally feel you um yeah a little too sugary sweet at times where i was like okay yeah i see what you guys are doing where's the creativity like uh emily was saying emily knows some sign language she was critiquing that too she was like it's a bit like if the main character had a Scottish accent and everyone else has American accents and you're meant to believe that she's their daughter. Um, I don't have the eye for that because I don't speak sign language. But gotcha, yeah. I thought it was I... an interesting point. <laughs> yeah, that's something I, I would have no authority speaking yeah. on. I was even, I, I, Yeah, I had a lot of really odd thoughts that I didn't think if they were appropriate or not while watching this. I was like, yeah, I feel like these kind of movies could... Like, they're really fantastic and, like, definitely let people know about this community that needs more, like, you know, more spotlight, you know, more movies, more TV about, more shows about this community. But, like, I, yeah, I, I don't know if the way that they're depicting uh, sign language is, like, accurate or not. Like, I don't, like, you know, like while they're, like, doing, like, oh, like... Uh, twat waffle or something, and, and I like, yeah, oh, like, it's cool. Really. Like, I want to, I want to <laughs> learn how to, I want to learn how to do like a swear word, like you know, like, like I, I feel like it could be kind of detrimental in some way, where it's like if you're not doing it super precisely, it could be like sort of giving false information I mean, in some way. I don't know. Maybe it's just like watching Shin Godzilla, and they have an American character, a quote unquote American <laughs> character, and you're like, yeah, it's yeah. clearly not American, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. Uh, yeah. So yeah, now that we're like. We've done, we've officially gone through all of the nominees for Best Picture. I guess it's a good time to do a little recap and, you know, kind of get some predictions and snubs and general thoughts out there. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I'm just going to run through the list again, just so we all know and just so our listeners know. So we have Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog. In West Side Story. Mm-hmm. So, what do you? Okay, first, give me give me your least favorites here. What do you think can be knocked off this list? Um, shit. So I think everything kind of shifted after rewatching. Like I originally, I think Don't Look Up was the first to go for me, but now I don't think so. I think okay. I would probably get rid of like The Power of the Dog or or yeah maybe yeah maybe like the power of the dog maybe coda sort of towards the bottom of that list uh yeah i i like everything else is really strong and i like for completely different reasons but those are the first two that kind of stick out as like the sore thumbs it's interesting because i think for a lot of people power of the dog is like one of the front runners yeah um i yeah i don't i don't know like so yeah (laughs) so okay so what what do you think let's just yeah so what do you think are the strongest ones on this list well well i was gonna say like i 
thought that Jane, Jane Campion was like the super front runner for everything, but then, then she had she to flub. That shit. She, yeah, <laughs> yeah. she like she said too much. <laughs> and so like, I don't know if the voting was already done before that, yeah. but I'm like, okay, it could be anyone's game now because we don't want her to give another speech, do we? <laughs> It could be really funny if she doubles down. <laughs> it's like so sweet. <laughs> yeah, she has an opportunity fun. to give a very funny speech. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fucking incredible. But um, honestly, I think what will win Best Picture is either going to come down to West Side Story or Drive My Car. I think Drive My Car is like the dark horse that people like. Yeah. Once people like watch it, everyone that like watches it falls in love with it and has only good things to say about it. Yeah, and. West Side Story, I think, is, like, the safer choice. West Side Story, I, I feel like West Side Story, Hollywood loves Hollywood. And this is, like, a classic. And yeah. it's fucking Steven Spielberg. Um, so yeah. I feel like that could be, it could do pretty well. <laughs> if there's no ranking, so it either wins or it doesn't. But, um, yeah, I think that's, I, I think you're onto something there with West Side Story. I think if I was going to knock some of these off, obviously I would knock Coda off. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it belongs here. Um, everything else I can like, I don't like Don't Look Up. I, I don't yeah. think it should be nominated. I under, I think I understand the logic of it. You know, it's important, perhaps. Um, I don't think it's very well done. But um, yeah, I, I think it's more of an idiocracy than it is a network or a Doctor Strange love, and I don't think Idiocracy deserved to be nominated. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it could do an upset, no pun intended. I like it's <laughs> it's just it. I don't know. I think it could happen just because of just climate. It's got an incredible cast. <laughs> like if yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe that'll give it some power. Um, everything else, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what what I think is my strongest on here. I'll probably drive my car, honestly. Yeah, um, drive my car is, yeah, it's doing something just so different from everything. And it feels else. like undeniable. Like yeah. everything else, it's like a lot of these are really good movies, but it's like I could see. Yeah, drive my car. I think is the best one. I don't think it's gonna win it because <laughs> it's foreign. Um, I don't yeah. think it's gonna pull a parasite because parasite was a movie where anyone who saw that movie was like, "Holy shit, you have to see parasite." Yeah, um, yeah, I don't I see people coming away from Drive My Car saying that. People come away from Drive My Car happy um, and valuing it, but I don't think they're they're not sh telling all their friends and family you got to see this. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I would love for you know the really quiet, meditative, you know, Japanese film to win. I would love that to like sort of set the precedent and be like, hey, like these foreign films are not to be fucking ignored yeah. like you know like it's like they can you know, these movies are just operating at like a, such a higher caliber and you know like you can look at something like that you can take any like throwaway throwaway frame from drive my car and it makes coda look like you know a student film yeah yeah, yeah it is insane that these are running against each other yeah i know it's wild <laughs> like, it's such different calibers of movie um yeah king richard is the weird one to me because i'm like i really want will smith to win just, just for selfish reasons, I just for the, want him for to... the fart scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want him to win for the, the Snow White and the Sun Dwarf scene, just for explaining that he, they have to watch the film again. Um, 
but also just because Will Smith, I just like I want his career to sort of just, he needs I want to him figure to, shit out. <laughs> I want him to get his flowers now, as opposed to you know, you know, 30, 40 years from now when he's like Anthony Hopkins age and then we give him an Oscar. It's like he's he's been giving fantastic performances from day one. And but so, he like, he ends up taking a lot of bad roles though, or end um, like signing on for a lot of bad movies, I would say. Like I think he needs a better agent, or if he if it's all coming down to him, then he needs to sign on to better projects. This yeah. was a good project for him, obviously. But yeah, I I, I do agree with that. Um, but I I don't think that, you know, making making bad put, movies put, versus putting put, put bread on the table yeah. sometimes sometimes you got to do that. You know. Did you ever see <laughs> Collateral Beauty? Um, no. That do you know what that is? That's a movie had an incredible cast, like star star studded cast. That's one of those melodramas, like horrible, super, horrible, yeah. horrible movie. We watched it on a plane, and it was like unbelievably bad. It is worth watching for how bad it is, because it's like, how did anyone sign on for this? Um, yeah, I think I remember hearing about it, but it reminds me of movies like another Will Smith movie, like Seven Pounds, where it's just super melodramatic and super heavy. And like I say, like he's gone, he, like he's flayed himself out for roles like that, but also he's done really fantastic work blockbuster realm but also just like in smaller movies too and i think king richard is a good summation of that where you have a a a really big movie you have like a really you know like a somewhat of a like an iconic figure in sports uh and then you know him doing a really good job and i think uh, i I would love for him to like to get the oscar and then kind of like turn the heat down a little bit like okay now i can like not take those shitty (laughs) shitty roles but he is also up against Denzel Washington for Tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah, which I really need to see. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm like, there's a lot of movies I need to watch before Sunday. Yeah. I haven't seen the other, uh, I haven't seen Being the Ricardos or Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, I don't think Benedict Cumberbatch is going to get it for Power of the Dog. I don't think he should, at least. Yeah. I, I haven't seen any of the films where they're uh, for Best Actress. Like, I haven't seen any of those movies. So I want to make sure I, I at least watched Tammy Faye and. Um, the Lost Daughter is on Netflix, so I'm going to watch that too. Yeah, I haven't seen any of those either. I'm surprised that none of those are nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, this year is honestly is super weird. Like last year, I felt like even despite the pandemic, had a, like the movies kind of felt like it was a more uniform and what was nominated. But here, it just feels like all over the place. Like it's it, yeah, Dune being nominated for Best Picture, but Denny not being nominated for Best Director is kind of weird to me. Mm. Like I say, the snubs, no um, Green Knight, no Pig, <laughs> yeah, no Green Pig, Knight, and, and no uh, like Pig was my favorite movie of last year. It would have like, been nice was, to see a Nick Cage nom for that. Yeah, and yeah, um, the French Dispatch, like we said before, is another really great movie. Like that is so much better than Coda, at least to me, like so much better than Coda and Belfast. But yeah. I would I would take it over either of those, yeah. Yeah, to me, Green Knight is like, I'm not surprised, but fuck, like nothing? It didn't even get nominated for like production design or anything like that? Yes, it's just weird. Uh, um, do you have any comments on like the best supporting actor? I thought that was an interesting lineup that's pretty stacked. Like uh, uh, Karen Hines from Belfast, Troy... Uh, Coaster from Coda, Jesse Plemons from The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons being the Ricardos, Cody yeah. Smith the key. Yeah, two Power of the Dog noms there. Who do you think? Who do you think gave the better performance out of Power of the Dog? Um, well, I feel like Cody Smith McPhee. He has more screen time, and he yeah. 
Yeah, you, like, definitely. Has the more brooding character dealing with way more shit. And Jesse Plemons. I feel like Jesse Plemons is Jesse heart. Plemons. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's not really doing a whole lot there. I'm surprised he's nominated. It blew my mind that he's 33. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, how old did you think he was, though? 53 <laughs> yeah okay see when i brought it up it felt like it felt like i was getting crickets from you and kevin like yeah, both sorry of you were like both of you were like oh yeah it seems fine <laughs> like yeah no yeah, i totally like looked at a picture i was like i was like hold on a second yeah i was like, I was, I was like was... he's my age yeah. like what the fuck yeah sorry for the crickets no, sorry, I'm, sorry, with you. <laughs> I'm with you no he's great he probably will walk away with the trophy in the next five years easily he's he's gonna get an oscar definitely it is weird that Philip, he has a Philip Seymour Hoffman vibe. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's weird that his career like felt like it blew up once Philip Seymour Hoffman passed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think for best director? Who do you think will take it away? Um, my mouse has decided to stop working, so I don't uh, know. <laughs> technical difficulty of the episode. So the nominees are Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, PTA for Liquor's Pizza, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, and Spielberg for West Side Story. Oh, I mean, like I said, Hollywood loves Hollywood, so I wouldn't be surprised if Spielberg takes it. Um, but I don't know. People love, like, people love Power of the Dog. However, she did just give that speech. Yeah, <laughs> so. like I was absolutely like, like that was a lock. Like I would have bet money on that before a week ago, but now it's like I don't know. It's it's. I mean, maybe this will be her <laughs> redemption speech, you know? She'll be like, oh, but what I meant was, uh... Man, I... Yeah, I, I, I'm <laughs> I so nervous for the ceremony. Like, I, I feel like it's just going to be a train wreck. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm flying in... I have a flight Sunday, so I don't know if I'll be able to, like, catch it once it starts. Um, but yeah, I definitely... Definitely going to be watching. We, I don't think we'll be able to have our our little get together the way we did last time, but it's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Any uh additional Oscars thoughts? Are you excited that Free Guy has a nom for visual uh, effects? <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. That's really cool. No, like I say, I really want to catch up on some things like I want to watch. Macbeth and uh, like Tammy Faye and I want to watch The Lost Daughter before this weekend is over. Um, I hope Don't Look Up doesn't win screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I don't know what would. I, I have uh, not seen you... Worst Person in the World. People are raving about that one. Yeah, I haven't heard much about that. I feel like for at least for original, it'd be cool. I mean, I'd be happy if Licorice Pizza won or Don't um, or. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, a lot of these other categories are are kind of tough. Um, yeah, I don't know. Looking forward to it. Yeah, like I say, I think the ceremony is going to be kind of weird. It's like it's going to be three hosts, and I, even the fact that like it doesn't matter who they picked up. It's like having three hosts. I feel like it's just a weird choice. Yeah, weird. And even last year, they were not so good about like playing the clips before the awards were announced, and it was yeah. just. This is really strange. It was interesting. I thought it was interesting, at least. Like, at least it was a different Oscar ceremony, you know? Yeah, I have a feeling that this one is going to be a little bit more, like, weird and ratchet. And <laughs> kind of just, like, I, I don't I, I have a weird feeling about this one. I don't I have no reason why. All right. Yeah, 
What have you been watching this week? Uh, I saw The Batman. And it what was, did you think of it the Batman? It was way too fucking long, man. <laughs> um, it was way too long. I was on board with what it was doing for like the first half. And yeah. then there's a car chase scene where he's chasing the penguin. And I was like, wait, why is he chasing this guy? <laughs> like, what is what is he trying to achieve by chasing this guy? He's a detective. I'm sure he could find him no matter where he goes. Uh, and then he just ends up like, is it really worth risking all of these lives on this highway? <laughs> um, and the and then he, hell yes. <laughs> it was a great car chase, but but it did cross my mind. Like, wait, why is this happening? Um, and it turns out he's just he's just questioning him. And I don't know. There's this whole rat with wings riddle that just goes on for way too long in my opinion uh it feels like batman is just like making mistakes as a detective he's not really nailing it um he's a little clumsy (laughs) uh which i think is kind of fine as long as the payoff is satisfying um and it was just like oh maybe a penguin's a a a rat with the wings penguins also have wings (laughs) uh well what about this other bird that's got wings too um Alcone. It's just like yeah. this movie is really long. Yeah, yeah. It's like this movie's really long, guys. No one's ever called a falcon a rat with wings. Um there's also this element where it's like, oh Bruce, Bruce, your dad was responsible for the death of a man. And then like one scene later, he goes and talks to Alfred and Alfred's like, Oh no, it wasn't his fault. Your dad was a good guy. And it's like all that conflict is immediately relieved, and it's like, well, what the fuck was the point of that? Like He's a detective. How about you have him do some detective work to figure that out? Um, yeah, it's, it's just always, not satisfying. No, I, I feel it. Like I say, I tell people this movie has my favorite Batman scene from any movie. And it's in the beginning when he's talking about the bat signal as a warning as opposed to like an actual just like deliberate thing where the criminals see that, they see the bat signal, they look into the shadows and they just assume that Batman is there and then they run away scared. Yeah. I thought that yeah, was Yeah, and we get fantastic. a scene illustrating it, which is really which works that um, look, i was really into that i almost was like applauding the theater when i saw that but yeah i do think this movie has a lot of fantastic moments that are just strung on yes. just for a really long time and i was like on my phone i was i pray to god this movie doesn't have a post credit scene and it, like, it did but i was just like dad like i'm like, like they had to cut like t- <laughs> like if they cut 20 minutes off of this movie i would have stayed for it but like i, I wasn't gonna stay. i didn't need to see batman helping people get airlifted <laughs> like look i know why you're doing it like he's no longer motivated by vengeance he's got to be a hero but come on yeah that is a moment (laughs) yeah that is a moment where like i do understand that you're not into the length of that but i have seen a lot of people being really receptive to the fact that this is one of the few new superhero movies where we see the fucking superheroes save people yeah where it's like oh yeah like like the like the like the last like set piece of like the stadium flooding it like comes so like by the time it shows up i was exhausted i'm like oh my god like this is like another huge set piece of him like he has to save these people and everything but it was like like actually like i was really happy that we get to have that moment where he's like holding on and the the person being airlifted like doesn't want to let go and like like it's just really cool the contrast as opposed to like you know these avenger levels 
events where you know oh sokovia falling down yeah. on another continent like you know the amount <laughs> like the amount of loss of life that is depicted in these marvel movies that it's just like oh yeah like the entire blockade and guardians of the galaxy oh yeah they're all just gonna blow up and die but like yeah. <laughs> like those are people in there and so yeah seeing batman like hold people and like carry them out of the water was really powerful to me and i was really into that but yeah it also way too long <laughs> you could take 30 minutes off of this movie easily it also works to contrast again itself because earlier in the movie he saves a man and the man says like don't hurt me like his instinct yeah. like the the victim is his instinct is to defend himself from the man who saved him um and so actually seeing batman be a hero and being appreciated as a hero you know there's there's an arc there um yeah. but i was just no, so tired <laughs> no yeah like yeah it's like me and you same age like yeah. we've seen this myth this myth this myth of batman been like redone so many times that like like i don't need to see this whole like and it's been rich person like i i just like it's just and, and it really anymore. like you can have those scenes like i think if you tighten up all the fucking rat with wings stuff you can cut out a good 20 minutes of this movie uh and like maybe yeah maybe those things they they uh, of him helping people get airlifted will ring a little truer for me because I'm no longer tired. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah, being exhausted by the end of it is a <laughs> yeah. big thing, and um, like especially like like I give props to Marvel because like at least like okay like we are aware that this is a long thing, so we're gonna try to like make the set pieces all different like it's gonna be really colorful there's gonna be music and jokes and quips and shit we're gonna try to stimulate you and keep you kind of like excited towards the end with the batman it's kind of just like it's storming for three hours straight it's it's very always nighttime (laughs) yeah it's like it's like it's really great if you're into that batman shit but after a while it's just like god i I just need to like like, this is drab and bleak and dreary and that's what i said i was talking about buddy adam about uh elden ring i was just like i love elden ring but like every time you explore and find something new it's going to be a fight like it's going to be someone that wants to kill you it's not going to be it's very hostile (laughs) card game or like we're like talking about some lore like no it's going to be a person with a huge health bar and a spear and he's going to fucking hurt you like that's what's going to be behind that door and so i can see why i can you can sort of see why i get exhausted and might want to play fifa or super smash brothers and kind of you know look at something a little bit brighter and more fun my way my way to chill out in Elden Ring is to just put my summon sign down and it's like now there's if I if I fail to help someone I lose nothing <laughs> but uh yeah. if I do help them out you know I gain I gain something I, I got to help somebody uh that's my way of you know lightening the mood a little bit <laughs> that's cool yeah I'm, I'm trying to get into the fashion the fashion that scorpion shield oh I want to be functional but also you know practical but also flat we still got to play together um like where what region are you exploring right now um i'm in a weird spot where i like i got to redon but i haven't beat him and then there's another boss like at the north this place called the shaded castle like there's there's a boss in there that i haven't been able to beat so like i'm sort of at lindell but haven't gone into it that deeply or anything okay is lindell lindell is the the royal city right yeah yeah okay i've done some of that uh, i don't know if i've done the shaded castle um but... yeah shaded castle is like so annoying i hate it yeah i did radon or however you pronounce his name um that fight ruled man <laughs> like Yo, yeah, it, yeah. it took me a few tries because i didn't realize that the 
what was on the ground were summon signs initially. And then once I realized that, it was just like such a fucking cool set piece. So that's that's really dope. Yeah. Like I have gotten stomped out quite a bit. And yeah, I was like, I need to level up. Do you have a range stuff? Yeah. Range attacks? I do. I do. I, I have. Like, I think I'm level 16 intelligence and something like that. So I have, like, some magic in a bow because I'm a samurai, so I have the bow and a little bit of magic. Yeah, I think I just rode, rode around throwing fireballs at him and just kept summoning guys. <laughs> and so it was just, gotcha. like, a huge battle. It was cool. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's a really weird thing because, like, there was this thread on Reddit that came out where it's, like, a guy talking about, like, oh, these are, like, this is a spoiler-free guide to the NPCs that you're supposed to talk mm -hmm. to. And so the, the first thing is, like, oh, yeah, you leave the tutorial area, you talk to the first guy, and then you go east, and then you, you go into a talking tree, and then you talk to a guy named Bach, and then there's, yeah. like, thousands of comments, like, who the fuck is Bach? Yeah, I found <laughs> Bach after 80 hours of playing this game. I found yeah. Bach by accident. Yeah, people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so I've had this weird moment where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go any further because I think I'm breaking things because like there's some quest lines where I've tried to make them happen, but the person I'm talking to isn't, they don't give me anything else to go yeah. on to. And so like, I don't know if it's like, am I breaking too much? Like, or I don't know. I'm in I've a weird had, spot right now. I've had like three NPCs end up dead. <laughs> and like <laughs> yeah. one of them, I have no idea how it happened. <laughs> like I just went to go talk to them and it's like, oh, they're not here, but all of their belongings are. <laughs> like, I have no idea what the fuck happened. Yeah, it's it's trippy. And so, yeah, like I'm going to press on. Yeah, let me play with you a little bit. But yeah, I'm, I feel like... I won't have any updates for a bit. I'm kind of fizzling a little bit. It's gonna be, I'm gonna slow down with the Elden Ring a little bit because it's just so big. <laughs> I was looking at like, I think uh, the Fextra Life website has a, like a progression route and the way it's numbered, I've only done half of what <laughs> is laid out. I'm like, that can't be right. <laughs> like, it, like hopefully the rest of this stuff is short because I've already invested 80 hours in this game. I don't mind if it's not. But it's just yeah. like insane to me to think that after eighty hours I might only be halfway through. Yeah, it's it's really insane, and yeah, it's like I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, this is like there's nothing quite compared to this. It's like I'm reading a book, and other chapters are being deleted while other ones are being added, and so yeah. like it's like things are continuing on, but like there's certain parts where I know I can't experience it anymore. Yeah. but I just have to like start this book over entirely. It's fucking. It. It's like the Oasis. It's just pure, it just pure keeps game. going. This the whole thing about the um the hidden wall behind fifty hits. Yeah, you see that. <laughs> it's just like, Which like some people. <laughs> so like the best explanations I've seen for that is that it was probably a uh, an illusory wall that someone was supposed to, a developer was supposed to remove, and they were like, yeah. oh, instead of removing it, I'll just give it like nine thousand health. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. who's gonna hit it that many times? And then someone found it. <laughs> Yeah, because it didn't like fade away, it just disappeared. Yeah, it just so disappeared. Like, oh, this is like um but then it, it had me thinking, I was like, oh shit, now we've we're in this weird period with the game where there's clearly things in there that we're as the players were not supposed to know about. Yeah. Now people are crossing those boundaries. So now the developers are gonna start fixing and changing things. And yeah. so I was like, this is just gonna turn into the oasis where we're just gonna be playing this game for like our entire lives. It's a sweet game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, what have you been watching lately? Um, I've been watching this comedy called Our Flags Mean Death. Have you heard about this? Oh, is this a Taika Waititi thing? Yes. Yeah. It's really funny. Um, I like 
was watching this. I was like, yeah, I mean, smoke and watch a comedy, something new. Um, I just love the pirate set piece. He plays Blackbeard. This is really great. And it's like, it's, uh, it centers around this guy who's like the gentleman pirate. He's like this uh, debutante kind of guy. Not debutante. He's like a, a upper class kind of guy who like leaves his life to go be a pirate and he just wants to do all the pirate things but just fails at them and then Blackbeard shows up and it's like hey I could teach you how to be a pirate if you could teach me about high society and this is this great thing but one thing I, I didn't really know about it until I got into the show it has a really strong LGBT, LGBTQ presence on it where like a lot of the couples on the show are gay and like just uh, male characters and then there's a female character who's played by a non-binary actor and mm. they like even the female character in the show they they like to refer to that character as jim so it's like a, a male female relationship but the male is calling the woman jim and so i was just like this is a really trippy little kind of show here and I, it's really beautiful it's a lot of fun i think the way that it unfolds that aspect of itself is really like clever it, like it isn't like upfront with it but by the time you're done with the season i'm like oh wait this is like a really gay pirate show but like it like it kind of like snuck that in there and like, uh, now that it's there it's like okay well i love the show now so i'm gonna be on board but it's just it's really fun highly recommend it cool yeah they do this thing where um uh it's like a writing thing i really appreciate where it's like oh yeah like they are inventing things that are like uh modern things are like yeah the pirates come up with this pyramid scheme and so like the then the like the fancy guy comes up with like pat he like he, he invents passive aggression or something like that like it's this is a really good episode where they like they sort of like teach each other things and like both of those things are kind of like modern evil things but they're like the way that they're presented like oh yeah like they're pirate schemes but like i don't know it's, i'm butchering the explanation but no, i think the, I'm the way <laughs> the way that it plays out is really clever and really yeah. fun it's like oh cool like these guys are just like using passive aggression to turn these evil people against each other it's really fun and yeah the, the casting is great nick kroll shows up for an episode and uh will arnett shows up for an episode yeah it's just it's just a lot of fun all right what is the streaming on HBO Max. HBO Max. Okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. The, yeah, the service that is smashing everybody else right now. Yeah, dude. Netflix. And Netflix wants to raise their fucking price, <laughs> which is like. They, apparently, they're going to do a, a fee for password sharing, too. If you're. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's just. I'm going to cancel it because <laughs> it's like the only reason I'm paying for it is because my parents are using my password. So it's like. Yeah. If I'm not providing them a service. I mean, I guess I still would be. I would just be paying more for it. But Yeah, there's some, like, good prestige movies, but not as many as they used to be. And, like, after Better Call Saul is done, I'm not going to have any reason to need Netflix because yeah. it's the Better Call Saul. I mean, you can right subscribe for a month when they have something you want, then let it expire. Easy. Yeah, there's just so much stuff on HBO Max. It's just insane. Yeah. And it's actual real movies, not like weird made up <laughs> shit. But. It's been episode 78 of Vague Zone. If you would like to contact us, you can email us vaguezonepod at gmail.com. If you'd like to tweet at us, hit us up on Twitter at Vague Zone. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or movie suggestions, let us know. So we have no plans for the Academy Awards, but we have done our run through. We will be back shortly after with either another franchise or a recap of the Oscars. Or something something nice for you. Yeah, thank you for listening. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. Oh.
Open up your eyes 